Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 334 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we conclude our study for this week of November the 23rd to November the 29th, covering Ether 12 to 15, by faith all things are fulfilled. And we're concluding today's section with Ether chapter 15, rejecting the prophets brings spiritual danger. So we come to the um, gruesome and um, sad end to the Jaredites in this chapter. And there's a few things I picked out as I was looking through the study, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, first of all, we, we find that Coriantuma throughout this chapter seems to have been having a change of heart um, before they decide to have this final battle. Um, Coriantuma sees that there have been two million of his people slain and there's sorrow in his heart. Um, and they're all men, women and children. And so in verse five, he writes a letter to Shiz and it says he wrote an epistle unto Coriantuma. Uh, and it came to pass that when Shiz had received his epistle, he wrote an epistle to Coriantuma that if he would give himself up, that he might slay him with his own sword, that he would spare the lives of the people. So basically, Coriantuma is willing to give up his kingdom to Shiz uh, to stop this, this slaughter. But Shiz isn't interested in that. He wants Coriantuma dead. Um, in the next verse, it is suggested that the people of Coriantuma are angered by this and want to give battle to them. We don't know Coriantum's reaction, but we have to presume he was reluctant to do this. Um, and so Neil A. Maxwell said this, quote, There is therefore as it to ponder also is a clear case in which personal pride and rage kept two principles from acting for the welfare of their people. Shiz insisted on getting his man, even if it meant the destruction of his own people. And Coriantum offered his kingdom, but not his life for his people. Each said in effect that the ultimate object of his selfishness was non-negotiable. Neither was willing to pay the role of the intervener and say of the circumstances, this has gone too far, enough is enough. How often on a lesser scale in human affairs do tinier tragedies occur for want of this selfless intervention? Close quote. Whether, whether it's, you know, a, um, a relationship between two people or uh, whether it's a dispute at work, how often do we see individuals who just will not rest, who just will not puts down these weapons of war as it, as it were and say do you know what it's okay i can put my pride down enough is enough let's just re reconcile this and move forward um you know i think this is obviously a very grand scale of something like this happening but like um like elder maxwell elder maxwell said often in our smaller lives in our smaller circumstances this happens too often and it's something we can definitely learn from so um, they, they battle and then there's more death and then they battle again and there's more death. And then what happens is that um, Ether, it, it mentions Ether watching all this, uh, beholding all this. And then in verse 14, something very interesting is said. It says, wherefore they were for the space of four years gathering together the people that they might get all who are upon the face of the land, that they may receive all the strength which it was possible that they could receive. Now, First thing I want to point out is there are a number of similarities and differences between the final battles of the Jaredites and of the, and of the Nephites. Um, the, the, the main warfare between the Jaredites was because of um, wicked and rival leadership groups rather than with the Nephites and Lamanites. It was a, an ethnic warfare, as it were, um, or, or a group-based warfare. Um, the, the prophet who is to remain 
didn't take part in this final battle, whereas, of course, Mormon was one of the leaders of the Nephite armies. Um, and, yeah, so it's interesting just to kind of see the similarities and differences there. But one thing that I noticed, which was even more interesting, was this time frame of four years to gather together the people. It occurred to me, that, like studying this in Come Follow Me this time, that there was another period of four years uh, in the Jaredite history that was 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 notable. And that was back in Ether chapter two, when the people, of, well, the original Jaredite group left um, the, the place where the Tower of Babel was being built. Um, they got to the, they traveled through, they reached the seashore and they stayed there for four years. Um, now, obviously, I don't know, you know, it, it may well be that there, there is no link there whatsoever, but I just thought it was interesting that it was for four years that these, these people gathered together these, these armies to, for the one last battle. Um, and the Jaredites, they gathered together their, their people in that place for four years before having to be rebuked by the Lord to, um, to pray further and to move further. Um, and I suppose for me, it, it suggests that we need to be more active in terms of our own progression. If we don't, you know, try, try to seek to study more um, or, to, or to pray more or to, to develop our spiritual gifts or things like that, then time can just move on very quickly without us realising it. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. And it was also almost kind of um, chiasmic in the fact that you kind of got four years near the beginning of this book of scripture and then four years at the, near the end. And I just wonder if there's some sort of chiastic structure to it as well. Um, well, actually, no, we do know that there is because we know that um, it begin, the book begins with a timeline of the, of the groups of, of the kings from Coriantuma all the way back to um, Jared. And then we see the story of the Jared all the way through to his descendant, Coriantumer, at the end. And so, yeah, there's a lot to, to kind of pick out from that. And obviously that'll probably take some more study. But I just thought that was interesting that it identified the the, the, the time frame for them gathering this army. And it was the same time frame that the people were of the of the original Jaredites were at the, at the seashore. I thought that was interesting. But we carry on. They, they are men, women and children. And then in verse 19, um, it seems that Coriantumer writes another letter saying that, that he, again, he would, um, he could take the kingdom. Shiz could take the kingdom to spare the lives of the people. But in verse 19, it says, but behold, the spirit of the Lord had ceased striving with them and Satan had full power over the hearts of the people. For they were given up unto the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds that they might be destroyed. Wherefore they went again to battle. Um, this is, you know, the, the, just the, the sad end. Um, M. Catherine Thomas said this, quote, civil order had collapsed. In reflection of the slipperiness and utter perishability of their lives and works, they held on to nothing but their, but their swords. No security offered itself. The relentless law of the harvest rolled upon them, and they lived out their remaining days like spectres in a terrifying nightmare of anger, sickness, howling, stench, and blood. The lives they had chosen had filled them, not with desire for peace and abundant thriving life, but with hatred and self-destruction. The ultimate end of evil is death, close quote. This was the end that they had chosen for themselves in living the lives they had done, in um, rejecting the prophets, in in seeking warfare and revenge and all these things. It, it's just led to this, this un, unfortunate end. Um, 
So they continue to battle and day by day, their numbers dwindle and dwindle further until the point that it is Coriantuma and Shiz left. Um, and Coriantuma, as, as you may well remember, leans on his sword a little and smites off the head of Shiz. And what happens next is a very uh, bizarre and a bit of a gruesome uh, moment where Shiz, with his head off, raises on his hands and falls after struggling for breath. I mean, he's got no head, so of course he's struggling for breath, I presume. But um, it is a very bizarre one. However, some research shows that this is actually a very natural ph- phenomenon when someone loses their head, um, quite literally. Uh, Book of Mormon Central um, posted this, and I'll share it with you. It says, quote, The disturbing account of the death of Shiz was a source of ridicule by some early readers of the Book of Mormon, but accurately describes an attested ne- neurological phenomenon. Both Coriantum and his rival were exhausted. If Coriantum's blade strayed a little higher than he intended, passing through the base of the skull at the level of the midbrain, this would have caused decerebrate rigidity. This neuroreflexive action occurs when the upper brainstem is severed from the brain, causing muscles in the arms and legs to contract, and would have caused Shiz's body to rise up on its hands before bleeding to death. Simultaneously, the the respiratory reflexes, which are controlled by the lower brainstem, would have briefly contracted as well. As uh, it gets a bit gruesome here, as blood poured into the trachea from in his ribcage, it would have expanded, making a sound of struggling for breath. This type of phenomenon was reported in a medical journal in 1898, many years after the publication of the Book of Mormon. Close quote. Sorry, it is a little gruesome, but it suggests that if it was, if the the, the decapitation happened at a certain level, then it would have caused this neurological phenomenon of him raising on his hands. And also this respiratory phenomenon of this struggling for breath sound as he died. Um, and it's fascinating to know that that is actually something which has been recorded in a medical journal 50 or so years, 60 or so years after the um, the translation of the Book of Mormon. And um, it, it completely backs it up. I thought it was interesting. I had to, so I had to share it because it is interesting. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit... Um, graphic so uh but i'll thank you very much i'll post i'll post the um the that to the to the show notes if you're interested thank you very much for listening today it's been a very uh interesting end over the past couple of days to what were a wonderful what was a wonderful start to the week with Eva chapter 12 obviously it descends rapidly uh into Eva 15 so thank you for staying with us and thank you for listening to this study please do follow the podcast you can share it uh, you can rate it you can review it it'd be really helpful if you leave a review, I noticed actually, I mean, I'm well over my time now, but I noticed that on I, on the I, Apple podcast uh, store or whatever it's called, we've got 15 reviews, which or 15 rates, uh, ratings, I should say. And it's uh, 4.3 stars out of five, which is lovely. So please do continue doing that. It'll help to share the podcast out. Uh, you can also email session at gmail.com if you're willing to join in a future podcast episode yourselves. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.